You are high, you are lifted up, you are exalted in this place. Father, we thank you for our helper, our teacher, our standby, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place on today. Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. We have been talking about 911, what is your emergency lost souls? And last week we talked about um, that we are going to be hated um, of men because of who we are. Amen. So I'm going to go back over that. We talked about the world loves its own. Go back with me to John, the 15th chapter, verse 17 through verse 25. And I'm reading out the Amplified. And the reason why I'm going over this is because we're living in a time and in an hour where Christian folks are being hated. And there's evil in this present world. And as long as we're standing with Christ and we're remaining in him, we are going to be hated. So I want to encourage everyone that's standing for Christ to know that these things are going to come. John, the 15th chapter, verse 17 through verse 25. I'm reading out of the Amplified. Verse 17 says, This is what I have commanded you, that you love one another. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. Now I want to stop there because the Lord began to show me something before we get to um, how the world hate us because it hated him before it hated us, Jesus was telling them about him being the vine and we are the branches. And the Lord began to give me some enlightenment, and some of y'all may already know this, but he was preparing his disciples for him leaving, and he was letting them know, this is what you have to do being that I'm not going to be with you anymore. So in in St. John 14, he was telling them that he was going to be with the Father. But when you get in St. John 15, he began to talk about him being the vine and we are the branches. He said, I'm the vine and my father is the husbandman, meaning that the Father, God, is the vine dresser and Jesus is the vine. He said, every branch in me that bringeth not fruit, that beareth not fruit, he taketh away and every branch that bear fruit, he purges it, and it, it may bring forth, that it may bring forth more fruit. So he's starting out dealing with us bringing forth fruit. And so he began to tell me in order for us to be prepared for what's going to come, dealing with the hate in the world, then we have to be prone. We have to be cleansed. And the only way we can do that is through the word of God. So we have to start here first. Some people... Um, have been in the word of God and if you've been standing on the word of God people are going to hate you they're not going to like you because of what you stand on and what you believe but if some of us are not in the word of God because he goes on to say that now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you so we know that the word will cleanse you each time that you go into the word of God if there's any darkness in your life The word of God will cleanse that darkness because in him there is light. There is no darkness. He is the word. So each time you go into the word, no matter what situation you're in, and you take that word as your medicine, that word is going to come in and it's going to clean those areas in your life that you're focused on through the word of God, that the Holy Spirit has shown you in your life. 
But Jesus was saying, you are clean through the word that I have spoken unto you. But he begins to say this, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. So the whole thing is, we know how with the grapevine, you have the vine, you have the branches. If that branch gets broken off from that vine, then there's no life there. That branch is going to wither up and it's going to die because it's not connected to the life source. So he said, you have to abide in me. Abide means to remain in him. You have to remain in him. And some of us, um, at times, we think that we are remaining and we are abiding in him. But how many know when situations come up in our lives, we find out that we have broken away from that vine. We have taken ourselves away from that vine due to some things that are happening in our lives. It may be people that you're hanging with. And sometimes when there is darkness there and you get so used to those dark areas in your life, you don't look at it no more as sin. You look at it as normal living. Even though the Holy Spirit is there, you're not hearing or taking heed to the Holy Spirit because you're feeling as if what you're saying and what you're doing is not wrong. I'll use television for an example. Some people may watch a certain show, and that show that you watch becomes so interesting that you heard the Holy Spirit the first time to say, turn that. You don't need to be watching that. But all of a sudden, you will say, I'm just going to watch a little bit more. A little bit more ain't going to hurt. I'm just going to do a little bit more. You keep doing a little and a little and a little, and sooner or later, your heart becomes so hardened to that show, you don't see anything wrong with it. So then you begin to justify watching that show because you're saying there's nothing wrong with it that means that you're not remaining in him you don't took yourself away from him and you don't put yourself in a place with the world and when you put yourself in the place with the world you become like the world you become you know living like the world but you think it's okay because your heart is so hardened you don't see that sin and the enemy don't want you to see it so he wants you to think that you're okay doing what you're doing. So Jesus began to start out with letting them know, I am the vine, you are the branches. You have to abide in me. If you are not abiding in me, then you won't have life. So that's why he used the vine and used the branches because the branches disconnect from that vine. They're not going to have that nourishment. We connect with him on a daily basis through the word of God. He is the word. So when we're abiding in him, we're abiding in the word of God. And abiding and remaining means that whatever the word tell us, that's what we do. So you know when you're really abiding in him, when the words say, don't do this, and you don't do it, and you don't have a problem not doing it. But if he's saying don't do it, and you continually to do what he's telling you not to do, you're not abiding. You're disconnecting yourself from that vine. So he was teaching them these principles before he went into um, the world hating um, us. When you abide in that vine, and this is what happens, when you stay connected to him, whatever pops up in your life that's not right. See, we're supposed to be bearing fruit. Our character is supposed to be um, his characteristics. So we're supposed to be bringing forth that love, that joy, that peace. We're supposed to bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. Now, if we're not bringing that forth, if we're not showing Christ, then there's something in our lives that's blocking us from bringing forth who we are now that we're in him. That's when that purging takes place. That's when, you know, like a grapevine, 
If that grapevine stops growing, you have to prune that grapevine so it'll bring forth more fruit. So you have to take that dead stuff off. Some of us, we pick up dead things throughout the day. It may be something we looked at. It may be something we said. It may be somebody we're hanging with. The Holy Spirit is there to let us know, get rid of that. The Holy Spirit is there to let us know what you said was not right. You need to, you know, ask them for forgiveness. So we're getting pruned on a daily basis because we can't bring forth the fruit that's going to represent who he is when we have these blockages in our lives. So this is why Jesus was talking about being pruned. This is why he was talking about you have to abide in me. And then he went on to say, abide in me and let my words abide in you. And that's when you can ask him anything in, in his name. So we have to abide. We have to remain in him. And some people say that's kind of hard to remain in him. No, it's not. Because if you're in the word of God and you know what the word of God is saying unto you, then that's just how you live. You live according to the word of God. And if you do mess up sometime and you get off track because the Holy Spirit reminds you who you are, that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, you're going to repent. You're going to have a change of heart. You're going to turn from what you're doing. And then you're going to, you know, do what the word of God tells you to do. On our jobs, when they give you a job to do, they train you, right? They make sure that you know, you know, everything that need to be done on that job. And they give you a certain amount of time to learn what they're teaching you. And after a while, if you don't comprehend or catch on, they, they're saying, okay, you're not right for this. This is not the position that's right for you because you should have caught on, caught on by now. This is how it is with the word of God. We have a teacher, which is the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. But also, God puts you in the body of Christ with the fivefold for them to teach you as well the word of God, the word of life, to teach you how to be disciples and how to make disciples of men. And this is what I'm doing tonight to let you know that when it's time for you to get prone, when there's something in your life that you don't want to let go of, it hurts. When you know that you're in the flesh, and that flesh love doing certain things and acting a certain way. When you attack that flesh with the word of God and you being pruned, you being cleansed. I don't know about you, but that flesh do all kind of cutting up. Because that flesh got so used to doing what it does that it don't want to let it go. So this is where Jesus started with them to let them know you have to let go of these things. Now, why did he tell them that? He said, because if you're in the world... You're not of the world. You don't do what the world does. So by you having this pruning process, when you are in the world and not of the world, people are going to know that you're not of the world. When we go back to um, the Exodus, when we look at Exodus and how they come out of Egypt, look at the laws and um, regulations and all these rules that they were being taught the reason why they were being taught these things because God knew when they went into these other lands to possess these lands when they entered those lands their ways had to be different from the Kenyanites from the Havitites from all of those ites he said you got to be totally different and they're gonna know that you don't serve their gods that you serve you know a god that's higher than their gods this is how it's supposed to be with us being in this world, even though we're in this world, we're not of this world. So everything that the world does, we don't supposed to do. 
Go with me to Ephesians chapter 2. And I believe all of us are familiar with this. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it reads, And you have he quickened, quickened mean you he have made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now, verse 2, wherein time past ye lived, ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So, so look at this. This is who we were. We were serving who? The God of this world, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And then he began to go over some of those things. He said, among whom also we all had our conversation, conducted ourselves in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So he's saying, this is who we used to be. So now that we're born again, we should not have that same nature. We don't have that same nature. We should not be doing what the world is doing. We should not be trying to keep up with the Joneses because that's not who we are. So that's why when we go into the word of God, the word of God is going to cleanse us. The word of God is going to prune us. And whatever we do outside of the word, we don't want to do it no more. Anything outside of the word of God We want to get rid of those things. So we have to ask the Holy Spirit, search me. See if there's any wicked way in me. Because see, being that we are in the world and not of the world, when we think that we have been prone or we think that we're okay, and this is my question. Once you get born again, once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you just don't just go about your day living the same way you live. You have to go into the Word of God. You have to be changed. You have to be transformed. The Bible says we are no longer conformed to this world. That means that we don't go after the patterns of this world, the way that the world does things. When the world see us, they supposed to see a difference. And if they're not seeing a difference, y'all, we have to check ourselves and say, okay, what darkness is in my life? that they're seeing more of darkness than they're seeing light. That's when that pruning need to take place and we need to say, Holy Spirit, I've been hanging with this lady. I've been hanging with this gentleman for this long and seem like his life is still the same. What is it about me that's keeping him in the place that he's in? You have to ask yourself that because if you're there to bring a change to them and you're not seeing a change, but you're becoming them and they're not becoming who you are in him, you need to check yourself. You need to say, Lord, what am I doing to cause this person to come at me this way? What am I doing to cause this person to cuss in front of me this way, to use this foul language? God, what am I doing? Because they're disrespecting you, the God that I serve. See, the Holy Spirit will remind you of these things. If you are abiding in him and his word is abiding in you, you can't be around sin because God hates sin. You don't tolerate sin. Sin makes you angry. It gets you upset when you see in people that are saying that they love God, but they're living a way that's outside of what they're saying. Y'all, I'm telling you, it grieves me. It truly grieves me to see people say they know him, but yet their lifestyle have not changed to represent who they know. Like when my name changed from Walker to Bryant, 
then when I go to the bank, I can't say Amanda Walker. I have to say Amanda Bryant and give them my, you know, the account number and everything like that because things have changed. So they know me by my married name and they'll ask you your maiden name, but they go by that married name. So things begin to change. So you have to live according to who you are now that you're in Christ, not according to who you were before you came to Christ. And we got some Christians that are living outside of who they are in Christ. And I can say this. You don't have to get into the word. You need the word for change to come. Because when the word gets in you, I'm talking about Jesus. When you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, it's a heart change, y'all. That means that even before you open up this word, you don't want to go in the same direction you always been in. Because if you still want to party, if you still want to do some of the things that you're doing, you still want to hang with those same friends, you need to check to see if there was really a heart change. When you are truly in him, you're going to be grounded. You made up your mind, I'm going to serve him. I have left my old way of doing. I have found out I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. I remember when I first got um, born again, I thought instantly, you know, my mind was snapped back in place. I thought everything was just going to be new, and it was. It was new in my spirit. But I was waiting for a change in my soul, and I never had nobody to tell me that that change is going to come gradually because if you don't renew your mind with the word, the only thing I was doing was crying out, Lord, help me, Lord, help me. What am I going to do? I want my mind back. I can't live like this. I'm tired of being in anxiety. I'm tired of these things hitting me every time I turn around. I thought when I got saved, things was, things was going to change. But the Lord showed me they did change in your spirit. But you got to go into the word of God and you got to get to know who you are now that you're in me. And y'all, the more I got to know the real me, who I was in him, the more I got to know him, my whole environment around me began to change. I didn't want to do the same thing. I didn't want to even hang with my husband at races. My whole life changed. The only thing I wanted to do was bury myself. In the word of God, because each time that I would spend time in the word of God, I felt life like I never felt it before. And I did not want that disconnection to happen to me by putting my mind on other things because I knew if I don't get my mind right, then nothing else is going to be right in my life, even though I'm born again. So if you don't take the time to go into the word of God, things cannot make you happy, y'all. I bought things. I maxed out credit cards. I was happy for a moment, but after those moments went away, I was still dealing with fear. I was still dealing with anxiety. I was still dealing with everything that was coming at me. And that's because I never got to the root of it. I was covering it up with trying to figure out what can I do to fix this. And I was saved. And when I really found out The more I get in this word and the more the word get into me, it's bringing life to me. And the devil didn't want me to have that life. So when my life began to change, guess what? My circle around me began to change. The same people I was hanging with, they got cut off. Everything around me that was not right, it had to be cut off. And some of these people I was hanging with, they said they were Christians. 
But the way that they were doing things and the way that they were acting didn't add up to who they were. So God put people in my life that believe the same way I believe. If you save, you ain't partying no more. You ain't doing this no more. You ain't acting a fool no more. You ain't doing these things no more. And the only thing we talked about was Jesus. When we laughed, it wasn't always trying to be holy than thou, but it was knowing that we were on one accord. We wanted the same thing. We wanted the word of God. It was no more trying to buy things to make us happy. It was talking about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for us. And the more we talked about the goodness of Jesus, I'm telling you something. My soul just began to cry out, y'all. Hallelujah. I really felt like I am saved. I am who God called me to be. This is what God wants. When you are in this world, there's supposed to be a difference. You don't want what the world wants, y'all. You don't have to have what the world has to say this is who you are in Christ. You are content because you're finding out, guess what? I am complete in him. I don't need all this stuff to complete me. Because I found out I was complete in him without having all of these things. So when you can really be complete in him, guess what? That's when God said, I can trust you to have this Because you're not putting this over me. When I got so complete in him, even though God was sending people and they were telling me, this is what God was going to do in your life. I'm like, okay. I I wasn't like jumping up and down. Yeah, yeah. Bring on the money. Bring on this. I was so content in him. I said, God, whatever you want to do. God, whatever you want to do. That's what I want to be done. It was not about me no more. It was all about him. That's how you know that you're in this world, but you're not of the world and you don't have to do what the world does. And the more you get into the word, this is abiding. He said, if you abide in me and my words, check it out, abide in him, remain in him. And my words remain in you, abide in you. His words have to remain. When his words remain in you, when you get in front of people, You're not worrying about how they perceive you. You're not worrying about if they like you or not because you know you're in him. And you know that if nobody is with you, he's with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. People will leave you. But he promised us. See, that's a word that got to abide. Friends will leave you. Husbands and wives will leave you. People will leave you when they get mad. Animals will leave you, but they come back. But I'm trying to tell you, if, if you know, let his words abide in you, when things happen in your life, yes, you will be shaken, but you will not be moved. So I said all that to say this. This is what have to take first place first. He was preparing them for the hate that they were getting ready to experience. He said, if you abide in me, And my words abide in you. Ain't no hate is going to move you from who you abide in. You're not going to let people change you. Because guess what? You no longer conform to this world. You're being transformed. How? Changed by the renewing of your mind. That way you will be able to prove what the good and acceptable will of God is. Some of us cannot even prove it because we're not in it. The way you live... The way you conduct yourself is showing people who you are. 
And that's what the enemy wants. Have y'all ever heard people, when you get mad sometimes, oh, I thought you were a Christian. Oh, that really blow people up. They blow up like a blowfish. You can't tell me I ain't no... Hush, just don't say nothing. Just apologize. Don't try to justify who you are. Just apologize. Because he who have not sinned, let him cast the first stone. See, this is how the characteristics of God come out. And God began to show me this. And he began to take me. He said, go back to the 15th chapter. And he said, I want you to start all over again. He said, you jump into the world hating you. He said, but I want you to jump back to the first verse and learn that I am the vine and you're the branch. And as long as you connect it to me, no matter how much they hate you, you're going to know how much I love you. And being that you know how much I love you, you can love those that hate. Y'all ain't it good. It's so good when you get into the word of God and the word get into you. And the more the word get into you, you're not worrying about people no more. The only thing you're doing is focusing on what the word has to say. And once you say what the word has to say, you don't owe nobody apology. You do not apologize for truth. I apologize to you if I come at you the wrong way. But I'm not apologizing for what the word says. Because the word don't change. We got too many people trying to apologize on God's behalf. He don't need for you to apologize for him. Because if his word said it, God ain't going to change his word. He only want us to speak truth in love. But you do not change what God said. When people try to get me to change, no, I'm not. I'm not changing that. Maybe I didn't bring it away that you understand it. So Holy Spirit... Help me to meet them where they are, but I'm not changing the word. And let me tell you why people want you to change the word, because it popped up some sin. Some stuff, this is why we preach righteousness. We preach the right way to live, and that's according to the word. When you begin to preach on righteousness, sin is going to pop up, and that's why you hate it. Because the sin is being revealed. That's even in saved folk lives. When you begin to talk to saved folks and you begin to give them the truth because they're not in the truth. How many know offense pop up? Because everybody think that they're saved and they ain't got no fault. Right? Just because you saved, you ain't got nothing wrong with you, right? The reason why the devil ain't got nothing, um, had nothing on Jesus because Jesus, he didn't have no sin. But guess what? We pick up dirt every day. And our soulish realm. He can't touch your spirit. But if you feeling guilty and you got some shame in your life, check it. Say, okay, what's going on in this area? I'm not feeling this for, for no reason at all. It's some shame here, some guilt here. What did I say? What did the enemy have on me that I'm feeling guilty and I'm feeling ashamed and I want to hide? For some reason, I want to hide because you know you're wrong. See, that sin is popping up in your life. The more you get into the word, you're going to have a lot of pop-ups. Like I said Sunday, it's like popcorn. You think that that popcorn is finished? What happens? Pop, 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 pop. It starts up again, doesn't it? So this is what we have to do. We have to, this is why, y'all, I keep saying over and over again, and I'm not only telling you, I'm telling myself, we cannot go a day, a second, a minute without the word. I'm being honest. You cannot just... Come in here on Tuesdays and come back on Sundays and all your in-betweens is no word. You cannot do that. You can't live like that. 
Because the enemy is setting you up for an explosion. And let me tell you what happens when he sets you up for an explosion. I don't know if y'all been through an explosion before. But when you think you're comfortable and you think everything is okay in your life, the children okay, the bills okay, the body is okay, the house is okay. So you get comfortable for a whole week and do not go in the word like you used to go in the word. All of a sudden, all of a sudden a big disaster pop up and you don't know which way to turn. Because whatever is in you, it's going to come out of you. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. Y'all, why do we spend so much time helping man on jobs, doing other things, spending eight hours, spending 12 hours, spending all this time for man to get a paycheck, but he paid a price for us that we didn't have to pay and we don't even want to give him 10 minutes when we come from work just to stop and say, thank you, Jesus. We don't want to take the time to do that. But we take the time with man a whole day. Eight hours of our time go to man and we can't even take ten minutes with God to say, God, what you have to say. Then when something come up in our life, y'all, I'm going to tell you, I was spending time with God. And this come before me and I knew it was the Holy Spirit. And tears was just coming in my eyes because as I was spending time with him and I was talking to God and all of a sudden it hit me. I said, God. Here we are. We want you to answer us right then. We want you to stop everything. And we want you to answer us right then. But we won't take the time and stop and wait on you. But when we want to answer, we say, where are you, God? God, why aren't you answering me? God, say something to me. But we don't want to be still and hear him. We don't want to take five minutes to shut off everything and say, God, what are you saying to me? I'm not going to move until you speak. But when we get in trouble, we want God, God, say something. We call in everybody. Did God tell you something about me? What is God saying to you about me? But we don't want to take the time and just rest in it and say, God, here I am. I'm not going to move until you speak. Speak, Lord. Speak to my heart. Lord, you know where I am. You know what I need. God, I don't know one day from the next, but I know this day that I'm in, I need to hear you. God, before this day even began, I need to hear what you got to say to me, God, not what the world is saying. Because you already know what's going to take place in my day. Let me see what you see so I can do what you do on this day. God, I don't want to move until you speak. Do we take that time? To say, I don't want to move, God, until you speak. But we can get on the phone with other people and hold long conversations. And listen to what they're saying. But when it comes to being still and being quiet with God, we give up. Because we say, God, I don't hear you. You don't hear him because you got everything before him. God said, I'm always speaking. He said, I'm always on time. God said, I show up even when you don't even know I'm there. And I'm just waiting on you to reach out to me and say, Daddy, I know your presence is here. Daddy, I know you already heard me even before I spoke. God, you heard me. So I thank you in advance that you have already answered me, God. Only thing he wants is time. He said, I just want your time. And the world hates you 
because you take time out with him and they don't. Even some Christian folks hate other Christian folks because they spend time in the word and they begin to tell you about Jesus and Christian folks begin to hate you and say you talk too much. It's all about God all the time. Come on, y'all. Christian folk, born-again folk, they don't want to see you coming because they think that you're holier than thou. They are part of the world. Let's go back to John 15. Jesus is talking about first abiding in him. Then he gets down to verse 17. We went over that. Verse 18. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Remember, he told them all this pruning first. He told them about abiding first. Then he said, the world is going to hate you because it hated me. And listen what he said. The world would love his own. If, if you were of the world, the world would love his own. When you are hated because of who you are in him, you should be rejoicing. Because you know that you are abiding in him. And that's why you hate it. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Isn't that something? Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. Do you know why Jesus said that? He said that in this next verse, it's going to tell you why. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. So Jesus said that the servant, the servant is not greater than his Lord. The reason why he said that, he said, because if I got persecuted, you're going to get persecuted. If I suffered because of the word's sake, you're going to suffer because of the word's sake. That's why he said the servant is no greater than his Lord to suffer. Some people use that verse out of content. When you know what he's saying, that's what you say. You don't go outside of what he's saying. This is why you have to take the time to study the word of God. You have to take the time to know what's being said before you present it. Because see, the enemy wants the word to be twisted so you can say something he didn't say. So he's letting us know, I went through persecution. You are no greater than I am to go through it. He said, because if I went through it, you're going to go through it also. Why? Because you and me and I'm in you. The more word you get in you, the more hated you're going to be. Why? Because your life is going to change. And I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes we windshield wipers. One day we're saying how good Jesus is. We got certain people, we talk about how good Jesus is, and we got certain people we laugh and cut the fool with. Now the people that we talk about our Lord and Savior with, they're looking at you cutting the fool with this crowd. So they're saying, wait a minute. One minute you telling me about Jesus, now you're over here laughing at these nasty jokes. Which one are you? What are you standing for? See, people watch you. They, and see, this crowd here, if you brought Jesus in on this crowd, they don't want to hear you no more. They're going to throw you back over here with this crowd. Then if you with somebody that you talking Jesus about, but they're talking stuff that's kind of twisted, and you say, wait a minute, hold up now. Hold up now. You lost me. Because uh, let's, let's go back to this verse right here because uh, you lost me right there. And when they tell you, when they begin to bow up at you and say, oh, you think you know more word than I think I, so they got offended. 
So see, you seeing that they need more pruning in that area. So you just have to cut it off and you have to begin to pray for them. And you have to say, Lord, show me how to bring this word to them so they'll understand that I'm in you and you and me. And it ain't about me and it ain't about them. It's all about you. And even while you're thinking in your mind about that, the Holy Spirit will bring a verse for you to spit out and they can't say nothing else. But when you get upset because of what they said, They're not going to receive you because you're acting just like they're acting in darkness and not in light. This is why we have to stay so full of this word that when people come at us because of what we know, we don't come back at them and try to prove ourselves. We just go on what the word says and we move on. We don't just say, wait a minute now, wait a minute. You can't tell me I've been saved for 20 years. Nobody want to know all that. That you've been saved for 20 If you've been saved for 20 years, you don't have to tell nobody that you've been saved for 20, that you've been saved for five. You don't have to tell nobody you got a big title in front of your name. You don't have to say nothing. You're going to humble yourself and you're going to remember what the word of God has spoken unto you. That's why you got to get up early in the morning. And you got to hear God before you go out the door. As some people say, dope. You got to hear him. Before you leave in the morning because you don't know what you're going to face throughout the day. You got to take the time and say, God, this is the day that you have made. I want to rejoice and I want to be glad in it. But you already know what's going to happen before I start my day. So, Lord, I'm just going to start rejoicing right now. So whatever I need to know about this day, I know the Holy Spirit will reveal it to me. You putting him first and foremost. So even if you're hated... You're not taking offense because you hate it because you know what the word has said. So we have to understand these things are going to come because of what we stand for. They're going to come. And I can say this. Have y'all noticed this? And I know some of you have. Before this um, pandemic started, seemed like some people was just mellow. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. God is good all the time. Yes, he is. But when we got deeper into this pandemic and you didn't have on a mask and they had on a mask, they ready to cuss you out. The ones that were saying, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. God is good. Now they're calling you ignorant, stupid, and everything else. Christian folk, right? Now we're trying to help one another. If you want to help somebody, put on a mask. Mm. They're upset. Why are they upset? It is showing what was already there. It is showing their fruit. This pandemic is showing where people are. Don't get upset. It's just bringing forth. Don't y'all know doing tragedy, doing all kind of situations, doing death, when people die, when you ain't got no money and seem like you working hard, the bills ain't getting paid. Guess what? Come out of people. It come out, the anger, the frustration, the get out of my face. You can't take much of this no more because all of this was already there. It just needed something to stir it up to bring it out. So this is what the pandemic done. Going back, during the pandemic, you had some with masks, you had some without masks. People that chose to wear masks, that's them. God still loved them. He still loved the ones that didn't have them. Now everybody got to wear a mask and that's not a problem because that don't change who we are. That don't change what we believe. That's just something over your nose and over your mouth. That don't change who you are. But now you're seeing people disobeying the law and they still don't have on a mask. 
So see, either way, it's a win-lose situation. That's why you got to be in him. Because men and women, they're going to do what they want to do. Because guess what? That's pride. Pride is saying, you ain't going to tell me what to put on, what to take off. That's rebellion. So this is the world, right? We're in the world, but we're not of the world. But we obey the laws of the land, y'all. Why am I saying that? If you do or if you don't, you hate it. Y'all know that, right? If you put on a mask, you hate it. If you don't put on a mask, you hate it. Because, let me, let me tell you what Jesus said. Verse 21, listen at this. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come, listen at this, and spoken unto them, they had not had sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. You see, when Jesus began to speak the truth, that sin began to show up through him speaking truth. So that's why he was so hated, because he was exposing the darkness through living a righteous life. He was only preaching y'all on the kingdom. He was only preaching on righteousness. Sin began to show up. People began to get mad because of the truth that was being preached. Come on, y'all. If we start preaching nothing but truth, if we start standing up for what's right, then guess what? You're going to be more hated. Your household going to hate you. Your family going to hate you. Your husband and wife going to hate you. This is, this is proven. Things are going to happen in your household because of what you stand for and because of what you speak. If people in your house that are not saved and they're not hating you, go back in the closet. I'm being honest. Go back in the closet and pray a little bit longer and ask the Lord. So wait a minute, Lord. This house is too much in agreement. I got some light in here and I got some darkness in here. And for some reason, I think I'm light and they're dark, but ain't no fussing or nothing going on. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Something's wrong. Light and darkness cannot live in the same house if they don't clash. Cannot. It's going to be... I'm not, turn the TV, I, I, don't, I don't look at that. See, that darkness is going to respect that light. That's just what happens, y'all. When you change, when I got saved, my husband was not saved. But guess what my husband did? He respected the light that was in me. When we got in the car, I didn't have to tell him to turn off the music. He turned off the music. When my life did not change because he didn't change, guess who changed? He changed. And I didn't have to beg him. I didn't have to hit him on the head with a hammer. My light was shining. He saw me before the father. I did what I needed to do and not make him feel like he was an outsider. Now, at first, now, I was trying to get him saved. I was. I was trying to say, why don't you just go ahead and serve Jesus? Now, you just need to come on this. He said, I ain't ready to get saved. Now, man, I said, okay. Then when I got deep into the word, I left him alone. And one day we was in the kitchen, and, we, and I believe he asked me that day, he said, what must I do to get saved? I said, oh, Jesus, what must he do? I was so far, I, I, I was just so amazed at him coming to me, I forgot to plan the salvation, y'all. I left him alone because I didn't have time to mess with him. I had too much going on with me, so the more God was dealing with me, and the more he saw God change me, y'all. He saw the fruit that was coming from me. He wanted what I had. 
And man, when he got it, he was a cursor. Mm -hmm. Yes, he was. He cut it off just like, I'm not lying, is that true? I didn't know how to do that, y'all. I ain't know how to do that. But I tried, but I didn't know how. <laughs> but that one, yeah. But he cut it off because his heart changed. So you can't tell me that when you live a righteous life, not trying to live one, but live one because you've been with Jesus, things around you won't change. It either draw you or drive you. I'm going to leave you with this. We had an evangelist, and I told you before, she, she would come to the house, and she would talk about Jesus, and she said she married this man, and she knew she shouldn't have married him, but she married him. She said she wanted that man at her house so bad she didn't know what to do. She said it got so bad. So, you know, she would seek the father. She said he was just mean to her and everything else. She said one day she went in her bedroom, she shut the door, and she heard the Lord say, I want you to command that devil to leave your house. So she said she opened her bedroom door and she said, devil, in the name of Jesus, you get out of my house. Said her husband, say, you talking to me? Said she ain't seen him since. He left on his own. <laughs> what am I telling you? Light and dark don't mix. She was sanctifying that husband because she was sanctified, but he said if they want to leave, let them leave. Amen? So what am I telling y'all? It's no excuse. It's no excuse. When you live a righteous life around your children, around your husband, your wife, around your co-workers, there will be change. The word will draw you or drive you. Y'all, it is proven, even on my job, people that hated me, y'all, I'm telling you, they hated me without a cause. But the more I stood on the word, the more I shared the word, when I got ready to leave, my enemies was giving me money, not money for me to leave, but they were giving me gifts and saying, what are we going to do now? I said, you're going to do the same thing that you were doing while I was here. You're going to still talk about Jesus. So there's supposed to be a change. If you do on what's right, you're going to be hated. Come on, quit having these pity parties. If you do on what's right, the enemy going to send somebody to try to knock you down. But that's when you get back up and you say, God, give me the strength for this journey. God, help me to get through this because you have me here for a reason. But sometimes we put ourselves in situations because we don't hear the Holy Spirit. We try to do it ourselves. Why? Because some of us are full of rejection. We do stuff to be accepted. Then when people don't accept us, we upset. That's how you know you was in rejection. Because if you're doing it yourself to get acceptance, and then when they don't accept you and you mad, you should repent right then and say, Lord, I was doing this, not from my heart, but I was doing it for people to like me. It's not about us, y'all. Everywhere we go, it's about him. And there's supposed to be a separation between us and between the world. People supposed to see us as a light unto the world. That's what they supposed to see us as. A light that shines in the midst of darkness where God can be glorified. God has to be glorified through us. So the more you get into the word, the more you begin to speak the word, you are going to be hated. And we're living in a time now that we're seeing hate everywhere. And we're supposed to be the ones to bring the love of God in the midst of the hate. Amen? And that's not even all the scriptures, but God knew. 
Hallelujah. Do we have any announcements at this time? Shirley? Can um, Athea, you got a mic? To spend time with God. Get up in the morning early. That's the best time to do it. And before you go to sleep at night, go to sleep with him on your mind. Amen. Because we can't make it and we won't make it without him. Amen. I was leaving the house, getting ready to leave the house, come here. And I heard something on TV that was so disturbing. It troubled my spirit. I just, my spirit was grieved. I just wanted to cry. You know, I have a love for people, and I always have. And I've always said, I hope these kids don't have to go back to school. You know, a lot of families don't know Jesus, don't go to church, living of the world. And, you know, they send the kids to school and get wrapped up in all this stuff and with the pandemic and and then there's very good possibility they won't have mass if the county don't provide them, and it, and it looks like they might not. And, you know, I, my spirit is grieved because what I heard was pressure on the governors for these kids to go back to school five days a week, put pressure on the governors. You know, it's a praying time, church. People are dying all around us by the thousands by the thousands. And this stuff is real. It's real. And my spirit is so grieved. I pray for the people that have this virus. People that have lost mem- family members that's, that's suffering with it right now. The hospitals is filled up. The ICUs is overflowing. We don't have that in our community right now. Because the numbers aren't that high. But, you know, we need to come together as Christians and pray. It's a time to really forget about ourselves and pray for our nation. We're living in a fallen world, and things are just so messed up. We can't fix it, but we worship and we say we know a God that can. And we need to come together as Christians and do this every day. This is what we need to do. And I was just so grieved because, you know, little kids going back to school, if they had a mask, they probably wouldn't keep it on, you know. Some of them would keep it on. Some of them wouldn't keep it on, you know. And it's just troubling. It's a troubling situation. It really is. And I know that God is bigger than COVID. 
I know that God is bigger than anything that can confront us because he already atoned for it. He already done and took care of everything. And I know that. And I believe that. I believe that. But, you know, it's really time for us to come together. You know, we can come to church. It's good. Assemble ourselves together. It's good. But God knows it's the time to really pray and get real now. It really is because it's a lot going on. And I just I just felt so bad. I felt so grieved. My spirit was so grieved when I heard that this thing has become so politicized, you know, and people are just falling by the thousands. But you know what God just told me, Shirley? This that's happening, people got to see that he's God. This is why the schools are opening up. See, man is trying to fix it, but they can't. Man can't fix it. So God is showing all of us. In this room, you need the word of God because regardless of what goes on, you got to know how to speak his word because this will be. Go in the Bible. They lived amongst stuff like this, but it didn't touch them. And the reason being is because they were calling on God. They were trusting God. He's showing the governors. He's showing the president. He's showing, man, you cannot fix this apart from me. So everything that they're trying is failing. Remember God told y'all that. He said, man won't be able, no medicine, he already said it. No medicine, nothing will be able to fix this. This is why you got to get into the word now. So this is what's happening, y'all, coming into our communities. This is what God is showing people. You got to really trust me. Man got to throw up their hands and say, it's nothing else we can do. This is what because, God, this is what's going to happen. Because every time, you know, you turn around, it's something different. It's going to be different. It's something different, you know. And it's left up to us as Christians to come together and pray for our nation. I mean, really pray for our nation because this is what it's going to take. Yeah. It's what it's going to take. And some people, honestly, they don't know how to pray. They don't know how to pray. They don't know what to say. Because when you don't have a life of Christ in this word, some people's prayers are hitting the wall because they're begging God. Please, God. Help us, God. Where are you, God? What you going to do, God? That's when the teaching come in place. Mm-hmm. And Miracle Temple, y'all getting taught what to do and how to do it. It's just your choice of getting up, like Shirley's saying, and begin to cry out on the behalf of those that don't know Jesus. As their Lord, because he loves us all. And the only thing he's waiting on is a heart cry. It's the ones that's crying out from the heart and the ones that's speaking truth from this word. Because his, his word is not going to come back void. God protects his own. We're living in a time that he will protect us. But look back in Egypt, what was happening. How many times did Moses go to Pharaoh? Pharaoh's heart was so hardened. And then God said, okay, that next plague that's coming up here is going to take all the firstborn. That's when he began. This is what's happening with your government, y'all. See, Pharaoh was so hard, and we got pride over our government. The government is so prideful that they're trying to do all they can do within their power, within their resources, to try to fix it. First, it was no mass. Now it's mass. They're going to keep trying things after things after things. Why? Because we're going into a world order. This is what's happening. The Bible speaks of it. So we're going to be in it, but guess what? We're going to be protected. As long as you know him, you're going to be protected. That's why our children, Shirley, it's time now to raise those children. 
to let them know when I'm not with you, when this is what's being done, this is what you got to do. You can call on Jesus. He's your protector. And when they can't protect their little selves, God got us speaking, protect my children. And you at peace because you know your children is um, protected. It's a knowing now, y'all. It's a surety in your heart that wherever my children are, they are protected in him. Because I know him. And he said he haven't seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. That's a promise. Mm-hmm. So we got to live on the promises now. I'm telling y'all, that's why God teaching y'all. Living by faith. That's how we got to live. By faith. Everything that they're trying, they're going to get the drug. The vaccine. They're going to use it on people. People are going to start dying from the vaccine. See, people waiting on the vaccine because they're waiting on the cure from the vaccine. The cure is already here. His name is Jesus. And until people realize that, surely this is what's going to happen. You're going to see a sweeping. It's going to keep sweeping. That's why we have to stand up, y'all. This is in a crisis. It's not COVID. It's lost souls. Because even with people getting saved, you know where they're going. And then that's speaking of other strands of this virus, of, of a virus coming about after this one that's going to be more dominating. You know, all these things that they're saying that's coming out. This is why we as Christians need to really pray. We really, really need to pray and trust God because it ain't no other way. No. It, it, ain't, it ain't no other way, you know. No. We're it's living not. in perilous times. And it's really not are. getting any better. Kathy. are we going to believe? Are we going to believe God now? The Bible says now faith is. And then, you know, the Holy Spirit, when I taught Sunday school, um, the Holy Spirit already gave me the just should live by faith. And you came out, he gave you a series on the just should live by faith. Because that's what God is saying now. The just shall live by faith. Mm -hmm. And um, because a lot of times we hear it, but it's not resonating in our spirits exactly what God is saying. And we are in the now faith, we always been in the now faith time. But right now we see it more than ever that we have to know the Lord. And um, <clears throat> it, it, it separates the, the, uh, the wheat from the tear. You know, um, like you say, it's not time to just talk about them. We have to be about them. Mm-hmm. And we have to take God at his word because, like you said, the world don't know. They're trying to figure right. it out. And they're just trying to tell us, do this, do that, do that. They don't know if it's working. 
They're just grasping at straws trying to tell us what to do. So we have to trust God. And we know that fear is from the devil. And it brings torment. And and it says pandemic. People are in a panic. Oh, no. Oh, are you sick? You touched me. You know, all kinds of things because of um, uh, this uh, virus. But we, we know that we're, if we're not taking God out of where we're not denying, because people think Christians are stupid. I come to find out people think we are pure stupid. But we get our wisdom when we're praying and seeking God, we're getting it from on high. Amen. People don't, they don't, and we, and the reason why they think we're stupid, because when you start speaking the word and say, but God, people don't want to hear but God. Because they're looking at the natural. But they like apostles say, but they say they know the Lord too, just like you. And then they start getting upset with you. They start hating you. They start getting with this one and that one and talking you down and waiting for you to fall. Like, like you said, waiting for something to come upon you. But the devil is a liar. Yeah, and I have to stand, if we have to stand up by ourselves and also keep putting the word out there because the word is the only thing that's going to last. It's the only thing that's going to stand. People don't want to hear the word. Like you said, they see, oh, they're so-and-so. All they talk about is the word. But you know, the word gives me hope. The word gives me comfort. What else are you going to hold on to? That's right. Size fear every time you turn on the TV. And then if you're not in the place to... Trust God. I always recommend that stop taking in all this information because we say uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you're not hearing the word of God, if you're not reading the word of God, you're taking in all this negativity that the enemy is putting out there to bring fear, which is the opposite of faith. So people are missing it, even the saints. And the reason why I know, because every time you say something, something somebody else keeps saying, and you keep saying and saying. But it takes the Holy Spirit to um, give us a spiritual awakening. Amen. Amen. And I want to say, when Shirley was saying about the governors, y'all, we have to pray for them. We have to pray that their hearts are turned towards God so they can make the right decisions. If we're not praying for them... And like Shirley said, my heart was grieved for the governors. You think sitting in their seat and all of this stuff is going on and they got people talking in their ear every moment, every second. They can make a wrong decision trying to make it right. So we have to send the word at these, the president. We have to send the word at, with the governors. But the only way you can send it is to be in it. If you're not in the word, you're not going to know what to send. The more you watch the television, remember, take heed to what you hear. The measure you hear will be measured back unto you. That means the more I hear the news, that's what's going to be measured back to me. That's what I'm going to be speaking more than speaking the word. But if I'm hearing the word and I begin to act upon the word, my thoughts are toned into the word and not toned into all of these news channels. We have to be careful because the enemy have to use man to put it out there and man will lie. Some of the stuff that man is saying on the news is a lie. Everybody got a different saying on the news. One saying this, the other one saying this. So who you going to believe? You don't know. You have to trust God. So let's just trust God and let's love one another. 
And let's begin to get up, get into our word before we get into anything else. Because y'all, this word will keep you if you want to be kept. This word will keep you. This word will give you life in the midst of a dying. It will give you some life if you get the life into you. Amen. And I want to tell y'all this. Miracle Temple's on iTunes. We are on a hundred platforms of podcasts. When you go into iTunes, we will let you know what we're on, but we're on iTunes now. You can go into iTunes and type in Miracle Temple and you'll see our podcasts. Amen. So God is really moving. So we give God glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Any more announcements, Quana? give your offering and we will stand for dismissal. Um, Calvin, can you dismiss us from the back? All right, thank you. Uh, may the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another. In Jesus' name we do pray. <laughs>